What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to the C.S. Joseph Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing SI users and their friends, but more specifically, SI inferiors and their friends. So, when is it exactly appropriate? When is it appropriate to uh, have introverted sensing people or introverted sensing inferiors especially to get rid of their friends, reject their friends, or keep their friends, keep them forever. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I guess that's why the uh, question is being asked, ultimately. The thing is, is that, you know, it just amazes to me, like, you know, how people are either hyper-aware or completely unaware of how introverted sensing as a cognitive function basically has, like, no, um, (laughs) well, it's always constantly stuck in its comfort zone. It's very risk averse. And I imagine that would be the same when it comes to, you know, people's relationships and when it comes to their friendships, right? Friendships are very interesting. Like, thing is, is though, like, introverted sensing is such a mysterious function because it's attached to the most mysterious function, which is extrovert intuition. So it's like always SI and E in axis. And while it very much enjoys the familiar, it also has to have a healthy relationship with the unknown. The unknown is super important, you know, consistently. Because if it's not really aware, if it's not really engaging in the unknown, then it will be consistently left behind, you know, as a function, and then it will not develop, it will not gain enough life experience. So yeah, one can easily make the argument that it's like, hey, you know, if you always have the same friends around all the time, you know, you're stuck in your comfort zone and that must mean you're not exactly growing as a person, right? And, you know, that's that's a very basic argument that could be made by just anyone. And it's usually Wayfarer types who are making that argument to an SI user or in particular an SI inferior like myself or an ENFP, uh, ENTP or an ENTP type, you know, as a result. So... Based on that, it's like, okay, what do I do then? You know, but is, is it okay? Is it, is it good to have most familiar friends, friends that you can have relationships for potentially decades? I'd say so. See, that's the thing. Like, you know, I know like recently, like, you know, Andrew Tate was just like removed, you know, from social media and whatnot and uh, shut, out, shut down Hustlers University, accused of being a human trafficker and all this other stuff. But one of the things he said that really spoke to me is like he's always talking about how like you know your circle of friends especially as a man it really matters you know because if you're around high quality high value men you yourself will either become high value and high quality that is if they don't kick you out or you'll increase their quality right because that's just kind of how men are you know like you know, when women get together, women talk. That's why they have stitch and bitch, you know. But when men get together, men do. They're always doing something. And because men are doing, it's always, like, to increase a skill of some kind, if you've noticed. It's always, like, something skill-based, you know. And you could, you could always attribute to whatever men are doing as a group to some kind of skill. It could be something as simple as Magic the Gathering, where they're actually just... Uh, 
improving their intuitive capabilities, their strategic capabilities, their tactical capabilities, you know, during this game, this game that's actually a lot harder than chess. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, but Magic the Gathering is definitely far more complex and far more difficult than chess, especially when you're playing commander format, because it's like you're having four different chess boards at the same time. All of those chess boards can interact with one another, and each person, you know, goes one at a time in a clockwise motion, and you just don't know what's going to happen. You're constantly outside of your uh, comfort zone, right? And, you know, being out of your comfort zone, you know, that, that really matters. That uh, it, it, really, it really goes pretty far, you know, as a result of that. That's the thing, though, like, I think, I personally think it's very important that, you know, an introverted sensor, especially an SI inferior, actually holds on to their friends, provided they're actually real friends, friends that actually benefit you, friends that don't just take advantage of you, friends that aren't just, you know, transactional, you know. The golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. You know, for me, I'd like my friends to be loyal. I'd like them to stick around even when I fail. I like them to be able to challenge me and call me out and criticize me when necessary. Also, to have my back or, uh, you know, at a moment's notice, drop everything they're doing and be there for me. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that point of view or that perspective, right? The thing is, though, is that oftentimes, you know, I personally have been accused of being stuck in my comfort zone because I won't change my friends. But that's the thing, like, I think it's wiser to just add to your friend crew instead of just take away, per se. Unless, of course, that person's being abusive or they're a curse on your life, right? You know, INTJs often ask, you know, well, how do, I, how do I manage my friends? How do I know if I should reject a friend or not? You know, and I tell them, like, look, you need to look at, you know, your friends from a perspective of an investment portfolio, right? Are you getting return on your investment or are you not getting return on investment? That's one of the most... Uh, that's, that's the easiest litmus test, at least for an expert thinker. You know, as you look, you look, you look at your friends like investments and, you know, are, are they a curse or a blessing on your life? Are you getting more out of it than what you're putting into it? Or are you getting less out of it than what you're putting into it? And if it's less, well, that's, that's what it is to be a curse, right? That's, that's a cursed friendship. That's a cursed relationship. Definitely cut them away. You know, but from the, uh, from like a, a TIFE user standpoint, you know, it, it's definitely something similar problem is we don't really necessarily see it in terms of investment we kind of see it in the perspective of like trading favors you know or at least favors and you know are we as fe users being given favors you know are is our friends doing us favors in as much as we are doing favors for them you know and if we're and if we're doing more favors for them than they are for us well then that's technically an abusive relationship we should probably like move on you know and and that's the thing you know that's when you're an si user you can like be really stuck you know, doing favors for other people, and they don't do you many favors during the few times that you actually need help, you know, because, you know, with you introverted sensing, your life experience collects over time. And if you're like a crusader type, you don't often ask for help on top of, you know, crusader type like ENTP, you don't often ask for help on top of having a lot of your stored up life experience so that when you've solved problems in the past, you can solve them again when they come up again, right? You don't have to like completely rebuild uh, the goose uh, every time or rebuild the building every time you face the same problem like an extroverted sensor is at risk of doing so you don't often ask for help you don't often need assistance from other people to get what you're going for to get what you're looking for and, and you know and I, I understand that I, I totally get that you know but 
the reality of the situation is is that you know everyone eventually needs help eventually you know when you're an expert feeler it's all about favors you know so you need to make sure that you know if you're especially if you're a crusader stop yourself from offering to do favors to other people because then you're at risk of covert contracting them and getting like super bitter at them at the same time you don't want that to happen i know i've had that happen to me many times throughout my life and that is definitely not a direction i want to go in or be a part of literally So keep that in mind. Like it's one of the it's one of the more challenges when it comes to friendships, you know. Now, but let's talk about like familiarity. You know, introverted sensors like they can't even really have friendships with other people until they have some semblance of familiarity or at least potential for familiarity. You know, it's not like SE users where some SE users demand immediate familiarity uh, or they'll have nothing to do with familiarity. But then it's like an extremely uh, shallow perspective. You know, so like SE users are kind of the extremes. They demand all the familiarity up front or they'll have no familiarity at all and then just keep it, uh, you know, shallow. And they even have sexual relationships from that perspective, especially INFJs and ESTPs. They can get super shallow with their sexual relationships as a result. And that's really frustrating. So, so what, what, is a, what is an SI inferior to do? What is an SI user to do? Literally, what you gotta do is, is that, yeah, you gotta recognize that there is a risk of being stuck in your comfort zone. But the thing is, is that if you, if, if they're doing favors or you're getting good return on investment from your friends, why not keep them? I mean, if it's really that big of a deal, how about you just add it to your friend circle? You know, there's like a study saying that human beings start losing track of people when they're like about 120 plus people. So maybe 130. So if that's the case, and before they start breaking off into their own groups, right? So if that's the case, aim to have your friends to be around like 100 friends, for example, and make sure that they're all high-quality people, high-quality women, high-quality men, depending on your gender, and then just invest or do favors or get favors or get investment from those people and just add to that group. Afterwards, they're probably going to break off into some other group somehow and then just kind of go in that direction. And that's okay. It's not exactly that. It's not like you're losing friends, per se. It's just it's really hard for everyone to maintain relationships in that perspective. But yeah, gain familiarity with them. You know, add them to your comfort zone. Heavily invest in them because it's going to pay off dividends for you later in life, far later in life. You know, like what if like all of a sudden, you know, you get stabbed? You know, you think your family's going to be there for you? You think your woman is going to be there for you? No, no, your bros are going to be there for you. Andrew Tate said that, for example, and I, and I agree with that. You know, it's like... That's who's really going to be for you. Like that's that's what the family you choose is all about. Necess not necessarily the family you inherit. And even then, like you can't even really like as a man, you can't even put really much stock into your woman either to actually be there for you. Like, but your bros will be there for you. So you want to make sure that you're investing and favoring properly, giving favor or giving investment to the proper people, and they are giving you favor and giving you investment as a result. You got to understand like there's this you know, trade going there. And if you're getting more out of it than what you're putting in, that's a blessing. But you've got to make sure that you yourself are not becoming a curse to these people either. Like, that's also your responsibility. Don't be a curse to these people. But, you know, variety is the spice of life. So it's important that, you know, eventually when your friends crew or friends group reaches a certain size, that you have an aspect of churn, 
and you turn new friends in and phase other friends out as you're determining who is giving you the investment and the favoring and who you're investing in and favoring and like are you getting returns from that you know you got to have a healthy churn because like for example if there is no churn if the river stops flowing then everything dies and then you won't have any friends basically because you yourself are not growing this is like the river of life this is oftentimes why for example the bible uh compares uh people or crowds of people or the entire crowd of people on the planet as like water or a great sea a sea of people you know what i'm saying so understand un mar un mar de gente so like that's that's how it works you know and that's what you got to do you know don't don't get caught up in the whole you know i need to have a consistent new amount of friends no no it's more of like you need a churn of friends yeah allow yourself to get familiar with people but at the same time make sure you're doing the dance of the unfamiliar and having unfamiliar people be potential friends at the same time and it's not necessarily just keep it in balance. I'm not saying that. I'm saying keep the churn rate up. It's important to have churn. Churn also helps you, especially if you're an SI user, test loyalty in a healthy way because we lack expert sensing because we're SI users. So it's really hard for us to do loyalty checks. And keeping that churn allows us to do what I call trust checks, which is what ENTPs do more than the other SI users. But still, SI users need to have trust checks. It's like, hey, I've been reliable for you, but are you reliable for me? You know, that's that's healthy. That's normal. So anyway, folks, um, I think that's it for this episode. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you guys next time.